Welcome to the Walk and Verse Journey. We're going to explore history, current events, through poetry and prose. Sit back and come along for the ride. Hello and welcome back with me, Kev. Today is April 12th, 2020, and this is episode number nine. And we're going to cover digital IDs, digital currencies, and 5G. Because without 5G, you cannot do digital ID or currencies at scale. But before I start, I want to go over something that I found that was written back in 2010 by the Rockefeller Foundation titled Lockstep. And this was a scenario about a pandemic outbreak. And it was talking about how tighter top-down government control and authoritarian leadership would um, also have limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. And they placed this pandemic in 2012. They talk about how, unlike the H1N1 in 2009, there was a new strain, which was extremely um, deadly and had a high infection rate. And that nearly 20% of the global population were infected with this strain, killing 8 million people in seven months. It also discusses how this had a horrible effect on economies, international mobility of both people and goods. It pretty much stopped, like we're seeing today, and destroying industries like tourism. Again, <laughs> interesting, right? And supply chains broken, where they say how stores and buildings were just empty for months. There was no people, no customers, nothing. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. It continues on and talks how a pandemic covered the planet. The virus uh, spread like wildfire around the world because there was a lack of containment protocols. And then, of course, it praises China. Sound familiar? How they had a quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine of all citizens and by sealing off all the borders, they saved millions of lives. All right? Think about that. And what's happening today in the United States and around the world? Quarantine of all citizens and borders being shut off. It continues on and states how national leaders from around the world flex their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions. Now, in the United States, we're seeing people not even allowed to gather to go to church. Or they're being fined. They're being, in certain states, not allowed to go see their neighbor just across the street, or they'll be fined. And these are states that are run by Democrats. And the governors are enforcing all kinds of tyrannical orders that are not constitutional. But that is another podcast. And this article continues on, or this presentation says that some of the restrictions were mandatory wearing a face mask to body temperature checks at entries such as train stations and supermarkets. Right now today, at plants uh, for food, like say places where they do dairy or, or, or manufacturing places, they're using infrared to take your temperature. I find that to be quite interesting. And then talks how to protect themselves from these pandemics that leaders around the world will take a firmer grip on power. Basically, taking away your rights. And then it talks about how citizens willfully gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy to a more apparent type of state 
in exchange for greater safety and stability. And that's exactly what we're seeing today. And it carries on and says how in many developed countries, enforced cooperation with a suite of new regulations and agreements slowly but steadily restored both order and importantly, economic growth. Now, what do you hear coming out right now in the media from people like Bill Gates? Digital IDs, digital papers, digital passports, right? New sweeping regulations to reopen the country, to continue on with our economic growth. So it's almost as if what we're seeing today was already written in this scenario back in 2010. And if anyone here is listening, is familiar with the event 201, again, the same type of thing. Back in New York, there was a conference about a coronavirus outbreak. Anyway, the article then talks about how there are technology trends and applications that we might see with these pandemics, as some of them were um, facial recognition. In order to detect abnormal behavior, they may indicate antisocial intent. And that is enabled by 5G, right? With facial recognition and technologies called fMRI. Look that up. Another one was um, a new diagnostic are developed to detect communicable diseases. And they say how screening becomes a prerequisite to be released from prison or from a hospital. Again, that's digital IDs with 5G to do it at scale. The next point was telepresence technologies. As today, we're seeing doctors doing t- telepresence um, for seeing how you're doing, right? To, to look at you over real quick during this pandemic. And again, they talk about how telepresence is less expensive, lower bandwidth, sophisticated communication systems for populations whose travel is restricted. Again, that is a key of 5G. 5G gives you lower costs with low latency. Uh, with also the ability to move data at massive scale. And the last point that they pointed out was, driven by protectionism and national security concerns, nations create their own independent, regionally defined IT networks mimicking China's firewall. That is censorship. And what have we seen during this pandemic? Facebook, Google, networks, media, basically just outright blocking Certain things that don't go along with the narrative. Even Twitter, I'm seeing this. Certain accounts are being blacklisted, banned, because they're saying things that does not go along with the narrative, yet is proven to be factual. And this whole thing with this lockstep was funded by whom? Who were the founders or, or the partners is a better term? Rockefeller Foundation, the Global Business Network. There's a guy by the name of Andrew Blah, who also is part of We the Data. Look up that when you get a chance. Uh, Michael Free. Michael Free is a guy out of Seattle, and he's a into bioengineering, expert in pulmonary diseases and ammonia, child mortality rates, chronic diseases such as cardiovascular and diabetes, immunizations. Now, what is coronavirus about? It's affecting the lungs, right? Chronic diseases. It affects. It has a um, high mortality rate with certain individuals with certain underlying conditions. And then this person is also part of the WHO, and he created a company called PATH. PATH is an open source tool to help governments track and monitor diseases. And recently, it has a new module for COVID-19. I thought that was interesting. And again, he does, again, work with the Gates Foundation. So it says, PATH is committed to building partnerships with private for-profit sector to solve special health care needs in the developing world, right? And when I looked at PATH, it was really around vaccines and digital health. 
And the statement from vaccines stated that we bring together public and private sector partners to advance vaccines through every stage of development. From discovery through delivery, we create ingenious technologies and strategies to help countries get them all the way to the people who need them, right? Digital health. We help countries develop scale digital technologies. That would be with 5G. If you need to have a way to track people in real time for a disease spread, you would need 5G to move data at low latency, one millisecond, two millisecond response times. And the reason for this is, is so no child misses a vaccine and that every healthcare worker is empowered to track and treat sick patients and precious health resources go where they need it most. Empowered to track, that's digital ID, right? So they want to have everybody have a vaccine where it puts a little uh, tattoo under the skin, like on a dog, so you can be tracked. And then we're going to go by dates here. So in 2019, of September 20th, there was an article called ID2020, a partner launch program to provide digital ID with vaccines, right? There we go. The ID2020 allowance has launched a new digital identity program at its annual summit in New York. In collaboration with the government of Bangladesh, Vaccine Alliance Gavi, and new partners in government, academia, and humanitarian relief. Digital identity is a computerized record of who a person is stored in a registry. Now that there ties into blockchain 5G and it's something called a digital ledger. Look that up. The article says that is used in this case to keep track of who has received vaccines. So basically what this means is that for your entire life in this blockchain, they'll know everything that you have. And let's say if a law passes in the future where it says that you cannot come to work if you don't have this vaccine, well, now they're going to know. The work will know because they'll tie it into a central system in which corporations can access as part of a health plan for national security or whatever thing they want to make it. So guess what? No vaccine, you're not working. That's where it's going. And then it talks about how the ID2020 also announced new partnership um, and provides progress reports and initiatives launched last year. It was done with the city of Austin, Texas, and UC Berkeley's Citrus Policy Lab and Care USA. So they actually did a rollout of this test in the city of Austin last year. And it talks about how they actually tested on homeless people with a platform called MyPass. And MyPass, they said, was to enable homeless people with their own data identity. Convenient. And it also mentioned how that it was blockchain-enabled digital identity platform. So MyPass is blockchain. Okay. In an article I found October 31st, 2019, it was titled Austin Helps Homeless Bridge the Digital Divide. And the part that I found was interesting in this article was how that the MyPass or the ID would hold information such as your social security number, your criminal justice record. Now, how does that have to do with vaccines? It doesn't. So they have your criminal records on this thing and all your medical history. And then the city is working with technology partners to create what might eventually look like a digital public notary. And that was from the chief city innovation officer named Carrie O'Connor. Look her up. Now, when you look at these platforms, you want to look at who's funding them. And for ID2020, I, I did a little dig and I looked at some of the partners, the founding partners, and they were Gavi, a vaccine alliance. So again, vaccines. Accenture. Accenture is a Seattle-based company. And again, they're tied to Microsoft. The Rockefeller Foundation, Lockstep 2020, or sorry, Lockstep, not 2020, it was done in 2010. Microsoft, I respond, they're a digital identity company. 
Hyperledger, they're a blockchain uh, semi-prints, a biometric fingerprint. So when you look at who are funding these platforms or these projects, it, <laughs> it's all really ties back into Bill Gates, Bill and the Gates Foundation, Rockefellers, Accenture. It's all vaccines, vaccines and digital tracking. I'll continue on here. Then we're going to start with um, January 29th, 2020. And this is an article by Path called Using AI to Advance the Health of People and Communities Around the World. On January 29th, Path joined Microsoft for launch of a new AI for health initiative. So look up when you get a chance who partners with AI for health initiative by Microsoft. You'll be surprised. And the article says, at Path, we harness the power of frontier technology like AI to create actionable health insights. So basically, by tracking you and seeing what you're doing, they can have an action or an alert. Actionable, right? Find new technologies in the health system, streamline, and they'll streamline that by using blockchain and 5G, right? That's how they'll make it more efficient. Design novel approaches to monitoring and diagnosing and treating diseases. And how do you do that? By collecting everyone's data. Again, that's a blockchain, right? It's a distributed global ledger. And this partnership is with Microsoft to further our ability to leverage AI. AI is basically artificial intelligence to accelerate paths forward to health equity and continue on and talks about how, you know, they're working with Microsoft, with artificial intelligence, and then they want to have their ultimate goal is to improve the way they deliver care, which is by vaccines. Only when every community has the opportunity to transform their health can all humanity advance. And that's by the chief data officer of PATH, Jeff Bernson said that. So what they're pretty much saying is that in order to make sure the whole world is okay, everybody needs their vaccine. Well, first of all, I don't trust Bill Gates. If you look what this man's about, he he's a criminal. I'll, I'll come out right and say it. He is a criminal against humanity. Him, uh, people like Soros, look them up. You don't have to believe me. You don't, you don't have to believe a word that I'm saying. You need to go do your own research and look at what these people are tied to. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're, listen to what they're saying. Listen to their own words. Don't listen to me. Listen to them. Now, with all that being said, on March 11th, 2020, there was another platform created called the COVAT Action Platform. And this is an international organization, a public slash private cooperation between the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization. And again, Bill Gates is the second largest funder of the World Health Organization. You need to remember that, right? Follow the money. And this COVAT Action Platform has three priorities. One is to shock the global business community for the collective action. How do you shock somebody? Pandemics, crisis, global supply chain issues, terrorism, right? But that's what they want to do. They want to shock the business, global business community for collective action to make sure that everybody works together for the collective good, which is fascism, by the way, socialism. They want to protect people's livelihoods and facilitate business continuity. How do you do that? Digital currencies. If you have a digital currency, then guess what? You can protect people's lives. You can facilitate business to continue because nothing will affect it if it's digital with a blockchain. And three, mobilize cooperation and business support for the COVID-19 response. All right. Now we're going to get into, oh man, there's a lot to cover. Now I'm going to get into the digital currency issue. So on London, in London on March 12, 2020, an article came out titled, The Bank of England is Debating Whether to Issue Digital Currencies. Okay. 
at the top of the article has said that UK officials published a discussion paper about the possibility of issuing a digital pound sterling, adding to the debate among central banks about how to respond to declining cash usage. At the bottom of the article, and that's the one thing too, when you read articles, I would really advise you to always read to the bottom or just jump to the middle to the bottom because they put little nuggets at the bottom but that you, you will not find at the top because the top is for clickbait. And then the, the first paragraph usually pushes our narrative, but then the truth sometimes can be found near the bottom. So what's going on? At the bottom, it says, in the meantime, China is reportedly among the most advanced countries when it comes to a creating a digital currency. It has been suggested that a digital renminbi could make the currency more attractive internationally eventually undermining existing reserve currencies. What they're saying is that they want to compete against the U.S. dollars or other currencies. It's a war. It's it's a war of digital currencies. That is what's really going on. And in order to really push this digital currency, 5G is, is required at a global scale. And when you remember the last podcast, we covered how satellites are now being used and Almost every single country is just throwing up 5G at a rate that's just unprecedented. So keep that in mind. Now, I came across another article on 31220. It was called 5G on Brink of Widespread Adoption, says GSMA Report. And the article states this. In the real appeal of ultra-low latency, remember how uh, above Earlier in the lockstep, low latency was a requirement, especially with PATH and these other companies. That was one of the things that they said they needed was low latency. So again, I'll repeat it. In the real appeal in ultra-low latency, 5G promises to reduce the time it takes for a device to send a command to a server and get a reply from 50 milliseconds on 4G to under 1 millisecond. Remember I said that? 1 millisecond to 2 milliseconds? That's what 5G will do. It, It will allow them to track in real time. And so it says that um, high latency has been the key barrier to adoption of IoT. IoT is sensors. And the arrival of 5G is expected to supercharge the rollout of connected devices. So again, drones, uh, robotics, things of that nature. Between 2019 and 2025, the number of global IoT connections will more than double to almost 25 billion. While global IoT revenue will more than triple to $1.1 trillion. That's what the report says. And it continues on. And you know, you know how like in the grocery store, say you see a lot of uh, people now doing self-checkout, house wiping out jobs? Well, 5G will remove even more jobs. It, it discusses how devices will be able to swap data between themselves and eventually even um, pay each other in microtransactions. So for an example, they say, and I've actually, I've seen some of this stuff, n- not this actual case that they're talking about, but I've seen other things. It says that this can include autonomous vehicles buying fuel. So let's say you had a self-driving car. It can go to the gas station, fuel up for itself, and come back without human interaction. Clothing stores, you could walk into a store, walk out without making a payment because when you walk out, you're scanned and you're, you're debited, right? You're, you're uh, charged. Um, smart traffic. So let's say you run a red light, you get a ticket. What's well, happening now today anyway, especially around Seattle. If you go through a stoplight, you're going to get a ticket. But this will even go further because on smart cars or cars with dongles, like with insurance companies, they can track you today, your speed, to see how, if you're a driver at risk or not. 
but they could have it to where you could have every vehicle connected to where if you speed, ticket automatically. You go over one mile an hour, ticket. Doesn't matter. You're tracked. They know your locations and you will be ticketed. And I have worked on use cases personally where you could um, see where you know somebody's at and reroute in real time, or uh, you could look at the different sensors on a vehicle to see how it is handling on the road or the conditions. You could predict, say, a um, I don't know something that could happen based on historical data. The point being is, it's not good, but five G enables us to do things that we never could have dreamed of before. And in the wrong hands, it's dangerous. That's a fact, not an opinion. In another article, 316, March 16th, remember how in the last podcast we talked about technology called photonic? Well, it's coming up again. March 16, 2020. Researchers selected to pursue photonic signaling for microelectronic system scalability. This is the DARPA program, right? And before the issue was latency, 5G enables this. And the paragraph I'm going to read says this, by targeting challenging goals for signaling efficiency and bandwidth density, 5G, Pipes seeks to enable disruptive system scalability and new system architectures capable of supporting emerging data-intensive applications for the commercial and defense industries. This is surveillance, video surveillance, facial recognitions, drones, tracking, and so forth. And the article continues on and discusses how they have invested $1.5 billion in the future of domestic U.S. government and defense electronic systems. Interesting. A lot of money being invested for domestic government electronic systems. This is surveillance. This is digital identities. This is tracking. Then in March 17, 2020, another interesting article broke out. Again, re- remember that around the world right now, we're launching 5G everywhere. Pakistan, China, and Russia decide to conduct trade and local currencies skip the dollar. And it talks how a um, eight-member countries of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, the SCO, including China, Russia, and Pakistan, have made the principal decision to conduct bilateral trade and investment and issue bonds in local and national currencies instead of U.S. dollars. And remember, in lockstep, it talks about... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but I talked about uh, global economies, national economies, and you're seeing it right here. And then it says how all uh, member states will sign a roadmap for trade and investments in national currencies between member states. Then in March 18th, 2020, the day after, this article comes out with Bill Gates. Bill Gates calls for a national tracking system for coronavirus during Reddit AMA. And remember, the project called PATH, again, one that he backs, does just that. And then you also have the COVAD platform, right? Again, it does just that, tracking and everything else. Gates called for a national tracking system similar to South Korea, okay? And then it even discusses how Dr. Fashi and him, Dr. Fashi and him, um, are in agreement on certain points and also about vaccinations. And so Fashi, Gates, this tracking, these guys are all together. Let me read the quote exactly for the Dr. Fauci, so I don't, I'm not misquoted here. It says, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, this week said that mass production of a vaccine would likely not occur for another 12 to 18 months, and Gate concurred, saying that lots of manufacturing will need to be built to provide billions of vaccines to protect the world. 
that the first vaccines, which would go to healthcare workers and critical workers, could happen before 18 months if everything goes well. But we and Fashi and others are being careful not to promise this when we are not sure. So what's killing me about this whole thing is they're pushing vaccines, digital identity, digital papers, digital passports, digital everything, right? Using fear mongering. You don't take it, you know, you're going to die, whatever. Yet we're seeing that the, the malaria drugs are actually working. So consider what you're being told and to use logical reasoning to think for yourselves. Okay. Because this media today is just completely out of control. Then on March 19th, 2020, I saw another article called Open Source Software Tools Help Government Monitor COVID-19. And this again goes back to PATH, and they call it the SORMAS Project. And it's a surveillance outbreak response management and analysis system surveillance. And so you keep hearing also in the media about, about surveillance with the uh, outbreaks. And it's uh, a tool promoted by PATH-led Digital Square Initiative. And Digital Square is funded by the United States Agency for International Development and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Again, these guys are all behind digital tracking, digital IDs, digital everything. Then on 3.22.20, another article comes out and says, will COVID-19 spread the transition to digital currency? And again, this article talks how the World Health Organization is saying that banknotes, whether made of paper, polymer, or cotton, and linen, as in the case with the U.S. dollar, can carry the virus. This was confirmed by the World Health Organization in recent comments to the Telegraph. And in a study from Germany, which found that coronavirus can survive on notes, coins, plastic exteriors, or ATMs for several days. And again, who funds WHO? Bill Gates is the second largest, per, uh, largest funder of the WHO right? Context. Keep everything in context. March 24th, 2020. The pandemic gives digital currencies another chance to shine. Unlike cash, digital currencies would not be a potential source of virus transmission or require people to overlook social distancing when making a payment. He continues on and says that the central bank digital currency would allow the government to spend would allow the government to send money directly to the population as part of the stimulus plan without having to mail checks. And companies like Google and Facebook <laughs> are positioned to come up with an um, option in the short run, Google and Facebook. Okay, we'll get to them later. Another article came out on March 27th, 2020, titled, 5G Rollout Gets Further Legislative Push. And the two bills are called, one, Secure 5G and Beyond Act. And the other one is Broadband Deployment Accuracy and Technological Availability Act. And the reason they're pushing for it is, at least what they're telling you, is because teleworking and learning from home in response to the coronavirus pandemic never let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> Remember that statement. Announcement strategy is thus taking shape as all manner of interactions go online. Telemedicine is taking root. Tens of millions of school children are learning via online classes. I love how they use kids all the time. Another article comes out on March 30th, 2020, titled Digital Dollar Project Forms Advisory Group for U.S. Digital Currency. It discusses how 22 members of this group um, are going to help establish the framework for a central, a U.S. central bank digital currency and is 
was basically being formed by the Democrats in both the U.S. Congress and Senate, and they're push, they were pushing the bill for a stimulus package, which I believe was not pushed through. And it was really around a digital global economy. It goes on talks how they want a effective global financial system, and they're working on a project called the Digital Dollar Project with a white paper to release in the next month or two. And other countries looking at digital currencies are China, France, Sweden, Canada, and the UK. So again, this whole 5G push, I believe, is really a way to implement digital currencies at scale, as well as digital identities with blockchain. On March 30th, 2020, another article came out titled, China is drafting laws for the circulation of national digital currency. And this is an interesting article, actually. It says how uh, the China has development of the nation's central bank digital currency. The central bank is now drafting legislation for its circulation. And there's also a number of patents to reveal what the digital yen will look like. And the members or the companies working with them on this is Alibaba, Huawei, China Merchant Banks, and a company called Tencent. I've never heard that one before. Another patent will cover areas of digital currencies, including insurance, transaction recording, digital wallets, anonymous trading support, and assistance in supervising and dealing with illegal accounts. Again, 5G and blockchain enable all of this. And remember, too, in Wuhan, they were the first place to roll out 5G at scale. So keep that in mind. They, they are ahead of the game here. I mean, they already have 5G in place. Rush is doing it as well, by the way. They're, they're trying to push uh, the 5G in place to have their currency by 2024. I think that's what the date was. It's in my last podcast. You can look it up, and I, I have references to all the articles as well. You can, you can look up for yourself and read. One of the patents they have is called Implementation and Electronic Equipment of CBDC Transactions. That was publicized on February 21st. And so they are really working hard to get this thing locked down with patents and just implement it, you know, worldwide. They want to make their currency the, um, the standard going forward. Now, what really bothered me was an article I saw on April 10th, just two days ago. It's called Apple, Google, Bring COVID Contact Tracing to 3 Billion People. This is kind of long, but I'm just going to read what it says. It says, Apple and Google unveiled a rare partnership to add technology to their smartphone platforms, and it will alert users if they've come in contact with someone with COVID. This is dangerous because you can alert for anything. If somebody has HIV, if somebody has cancer, if somebody has, I don't know, a different political view, if somebody is not part of your party, they can be notified. And there's a technology they want to use called contact tracing. That's exactly what contact tracing does is that it's used for HIV, coronavirus now. So if you're in contact with somebody or close, it can send an alert, it'll let you know. And then it can also say, hey, by the way, since you've been in contact with this person, you should uh, be put in quarantine or put yourself in self-quarantine for whatever it is. And it will then also alert the authorities. The article talks, and the article even says it, says this period could be 14 days, but health agencies can set the time range. The second step takes longer where they say how they want to actually add this to the operating system itself. So they want to put this tracking thing in iOS's and Android's, and they then will have access to 3 billion people. That's a third of the population. Um, it will use Bluetooth. And then huh, they go on to say how the smartphone sends a record of other mobile devices, of the other mobile devices that have been in close proximity during the previous days. 
this information is temporarily stored. Let me tell you something. Temporary, Google, nothing's temporary with Apple or Google. They keep information forever. I don't care what they tell you. And I'll tell you why I say that in a minute. Um, smartphone sends records to the other mobile devices that have been in close proximity during the previous days. This information is temporarily stored in a remote computer server for 14 days. I want you just to Google um, Google privacy concerns and Apple privacy concerns. And what I found when I typed that in were these articles for Google. New Mexico sues Google over children's privacy violations, February 20th. Google faces 18 million fine for web privacy violations. All right. Google accused of privacy violations yet again. That was on March 2011. Google still doesn't care about your privacy from Fortune Magazine, uh, 2017. Apple now. Apple hit with lawsuit claiming privacy violation, uh, 2019. Apple is sharing your face with apps. That's a new privacy. 2017. Apple violation of privacy and policy finishing scam. 2018. Apple sued over alleged iTunes privacy violation. 2019. Apple apologizes for Siri spying, pledges privacy fixes. So I would not trust Google or Apple as far as I could throw them. And with that, I want to just go back to Microsoft AI real quick. And if you look at their partners, you can just follow it, you know, just, just go to the page, look at partners and just start tracing it back. But one company is called Novatris Foundation, who also partners with the Clinton Health Initiative, PATH, CDC Foundation, the WHO, and so forth. And I'm telling you, man, the things they're trying to do with this pandemic is to push you being tracked everywhere you go. Your smartphone is not your friend anymore. This is going to be used to alert authorities, alert people. If you have, say, a virus or someone that they don't like politically, this is very dangerous, especially with the people who are running it. It's just it's very dangerous in the wrong hands. And with that said, I'm going to read you a poem that I wrote. Uh, this was actually from my book called Firestorm. But I think that it really has a lot of weight, especially with everything that's going on today. Rise up, don't bend the knee, better dead than not living free. Political tyrants force control, it's your duty not to fold. Tyrants rise when free men flee, rather than holding in unity. It's better to die upon your feet than live dying in the street. Red lines from sea to sea, it's the tyrant's warm, wet dream to control all men's life. They're the butcher with the knife. Do as they say, not as they do. This is the mantra of the utopian goon. 1930s had its day. 2020 politicians at play. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider a membership at $5 a month. You'll gain access to all past, present, and future e-reports and books, as well as member-only content. The link is in the description of the episode. If you have any questions or comments, please send me an email at walkinverse at protonmail.com. W-A-L-K-I-N-V-E-R-S-E at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. And until next time, 
keep the faith, stay safe, and peace.